Dine Hill, and a special welcome to all of our visitors who are joining us today and who are visiting online. Thank you for tuning in and joining in with us to worship. We would like to acknowledge all those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries for this month. Happy anniversary and happy birthday to you all. If you are a guest today joining us for the first time, we are so glad that you've decided to worship with us. After service, please stop by our guest center where we'll have a special gift just for you. If you've been blessed by this ministry, partner with us in spreading the gospel all over the world. This is your opportunity to give unto the Lord and give to this ministry. You can do so by scanning our QR code on the screen or text to give by texting ZH family followed by the dollar sign to 73256. That's 73256 or you can go to our website at www.zionhill.com and click on the give tab or simply give through our new church app. That's right. Zion Hill has a new app. Visit us at Google Play or at the Apple App Store and search for Zion Hill Church Family to download. And if you're searching for a church home, we invite you to be a part of the Zion Hill family. Meet Pastor Dara and Lady Elizabeth at the altar after the benediction or go to the church website and complete the information on the eChurch tab. Please join Pastor Joshua Joy Dara every Wednesday night at 6 p.m., for our online Bible school called Grace for Today or our in-church Bible school. Also, feel free to join us for our Friday night prayer service every Friday night at 6 p.m. Thank you for tuning in and joining us today. Until next time, we'll see you at the top. Prophet Shirley Jofion this morning. Zion Hill, the family, pastor, want to welcome all the visitors and all the guests this morning. And we thank you for coming out today to worship with us. We give you all the blessing that God has laid upon our heart. Amen.
not concealed. Oh, it makes you move. It makes you shout. It makes you Can we get excited about tithes and offer this morning? If you've been born again, you're excited about anything concerning God this morning. Bless his holy name. 
The book of Luke 638 says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. See, we have to give, y'all. So that we'll know that when it's time for us to get down and rest, it's already been took care. We ain't got to worry. God has already took care. So we give back what belongs to God. It's his in any way, y'all. So we just thank him this morning for the opportunity to give. Not only opportunity to give, but opportunity to praise God, to worship God. Damn, they just worship God this morning, y'all. All of us should have been in the presence of God this morning. Worshiping God. If God done anything for you, y'all not sit down on it. He's worthy of all the praise. He's worthy to give honor to y'all. He's worthy for us to bow down before him. For all that he has given us. All that he has done for us. When I look back on my life and I see how far God has brought me. I just give him all the praise that do unto him. He said, go to the church website. And click on the giving tab to give by texting Zion Hill Family website. And then go and give to the number 75326 this morning. Using your cell phone, your camera to scan the R code to give. This morning we're going to give all to God. All that belongs to God. Everything that we own, everything that we have is his None of it ours, all of it his. Father, we thank you this morning for what you're doing right now. We thank you for this day. We thank you for giving us opportunity to rise this morning. Lord, to open our eyes and see another brand new day. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your presence. Thank you this morning, Father, for our pastor and his wife. Thank you for our children and our grandchildren. Thank you for our sisters and our brothers, Father. Thank you for our friends, Lord, but we thank you because you have given us a job, God, to be able to make some money to give back unto you. Thank you this morning. Thank you for our health this morning, Lord. Thank you for our choir members, Lord, that got into the prison this morning. Thank you for our musician, Father God. Oh, God, I just want to thank you this morning. I want to thank you because you've been so good to me. I want to thank you, God, because you brought me for a long way. And this morning, early this morning, when I look around and see God, and how good and mercy that you been. I can't help but to thank you this morning. Oh, bless your holy name, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Usher, y'all may come forward. How many people have the victory this morning? If you have the victory, can you wave your hand and look at somebody and say, neighbor, you got the victory. Tell somebody else behind you and in front of you, say, you got the victory. Say, you got the victory. And clap those hands like this. Come on, if you got it. Come on, pray. Say, this is the time. This is the time Come on, help us sing.
talking, living, yeah, victory, oh, nothing but victory. Now everybody clap your hands like this, come on. Tell somebody I got it. Say I got it. All the bases in the house, help us sing this right here, say. Victory, 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 oh, victory, say. Come on, sing it out. Victory, 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 oh, victory, victory. Come on, tell them what you got. Say, say, yes, I got it.
we got the victory. Amen. Do we have any guests in our midst this morning? We just want to recognize you and celebrate you for being here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me say thank you for your presence in the house of the Lord this morning. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Please permit me to encourage you. We have a, a small project that's going on and we want to continue to encourage you to contribute to what God is doing around here. There is something called digital sign. It's some kind of machine out there that's advertising our church as people pass by. Um, you will be shocked if I tell you how many automobiles pass through the highway. But I don't mind also mentioning to you that in terms of location, this is the best location for any non-profit in the whole parish. And many of you remember all the debates to get this location, but by wisdom, a house is built. So the Lord bless us it cost us a quarter of a million dollars to get this land. Uh, it takes vision to see that if you're going to run a business, location, location, location. So, but now, that machine is out. And we need your help. We want to Believe God for it in the next few weeks, not months, not years. Uh, if you come in this morning, it's completely out. And the reason is because if you're running it half dead like that, it sends the wrong message to the public. So every Sunday, I took it upon myself to encourage all of us to give for this cause. This is not from your tithes or your offering before God. This is extra. Amen. So I try to be very honest with you and transparent as to what we're doing. This past week, let me let you know exactly what I did. Uh, I made the motion and second the motion. Amen. Because it's a God thing. And basically, from business standpoint, what I did is call the bank and say I want the whole money to buy this thing this week. And the bank say. Where 
is the what we call security. So, and I asked the question, we got millions worth of properties here. So I say our our boss then was the appraised value of it. And they said just based on the mileage, we called the company in Dallas who made the bus. And they said it's, it's more than $200,000. All right? That's just guessing from them. All right? So I asked the question, how much is the digital board? When Mr. Morris... Haynes, I believe that's his name. Uh, he told me it's going to cost 80 something thousand dollars. Then I sat down with him and asked more questions. And I found out that the lowest bid that he's relying on, the parts come from China. I didn't like what I'm hearing. And I'm not the smartest guy on the block, but I noticed that the Christmas light that we get out there is made in China. And we couldn't find it anywhere in the whole nation. Uh, Dickie McClendon and Brother Robert Riley found a private person somewhere in Virginia, West Virginia, and they had to drive 18 hours. So put bad taste in my head about anything made in China. If it goes out, you gotta go to China. This time I sent I sent the head dicking and the head dickiness. Hopefully both of them will make it back. So I told them, no, I want something that we can use here in the U.S. To cut the story short, uh, the young man, Mr. Haynes, and their staff, they did their homework, but the, the money went higher. It's now $103. So, $103,000. Thank you. So... So I asked the, the bank, write the check. How do you know I'm going to pay you back? Because I got a boss that's worth twice or more. So the bank said, I'm happy, you happy? So they wrote the check. So uh, that's how banking system work. So now when I say I need your help, I have to pay them. <laughs> so, all mine is clear. Uh, we are the finance people. How much did we raise last week? Over 2000 All right. You see how that thing works? So nothing under the table. I put it right. I'm saying it on television for the whole world to hear. That's how transparent I am. So, um, week before, we collect offer. So, they want to give us uh, 10, 15 years. I said, no. Uh, 
I mean, my 60, I don't even know what 15 years would look like from now. I'm just being honest with you. So, so I'm believing God within a year or two, this is paid for. Amen. All minds clear? All right, let's all stand. Oh, how I love Jesus. This is Congregational Song. Chapter 15, 
verse 17 through verse 18. Two verses. The book of St. Luke, chapter 15, verse 17 through verse 18. If you find it, say amen. The word of God says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And here I perish with hunger. So he said, Father, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for another day's journey. Lord, we are grateful for your faithfulness over our lives. Thank you for this church. Thank you for your commitment to build the church. Thank you that even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Thank you for watching over all of our members. We pray, oh God, that you will comfort those who are in bereavement. Lord, we are thanking you in advance for those who are in the hospital. Thank you for healing our members. Lord, we are grateful for all the praise report. You're doing some awesome things in the life of individuals. Thank you for retirement. Thank you for new homes. Thank you for job promotion. We are grateful, oh God, that every week you are doing something new in our congregation. Lord, I pray that you will help our understanding of the word of God today. Glorify yourself this morning. Help your servant to proclaim what thus says the Lord. I thank you that lives will be touched. Souls will be saved. And your name will be magnified. In Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you briefly before we receive the Holy Communion on on the subject titled, God Wants You Back. God wants you and me back to himself. The passage I just read to your hearing is a story. And let me go on record to say that there are many valuable stories in the word of God. Some of you, when you hear the time story, you think of negative stuff. 
You know somebody is lying to you. You say, stop all that story. But I want you to know that telling a story is not a negative thing. In fact, Jesus Christ told many stories. And he wasn't lying. He was trying to teach you and me something. We know you go to the library, you see storytelling. Somebody is, we gather all the young people, adults, to hear the storyteller. Also, most of your movies that you watch, some of us, we stay online to watch these movies. These are just stories. So you can see the use of stories in a very positive ways. We read books. For the most part, books are story being told by somebody. We listen to radio, you hear stories. You watch TV, stories. In fact, some expert says if you really want to, to put little kids, children to sleep, you tell them a story. So I want you to see the word story in a positive sense, not the negative connotation the world is giving to you. Even if it's so positive, sometimes um, you see people making a speech. I was somewhere in Baton Rouge yesterday speaking, you know, at a graduation. And as I was praying, somebody in the audience said, tell your story. So, so the world, the world story, I want you to see it from a positive light. Don't let the world rob you of something that you can benefit. I remember raising my children, and every now and then the power would be out. And guess what I do? I, I make all of them sit down in front of me, and before I say this, say, Daddy, tell us a story. The word story is a positive thing. And in the word of God, Jesus Christ, the greatest storyteller in the whole world, told many stories. I was doing my research the other day, and I just was reading each story that Jesus told. And I could almost slap my own self. I say, I should have been doing this. There's so much wisdom in the story. For example, he told the story of the Good Samaritan. He told the story of two sons. The story of the talents. How everybody is given a talent. He told the story of the marriage feast. He told the story of the, the true shepherd. He told the story of the prodigal son. I mean, stories after stories. I just took my time. In fact, I was enjoying it so much, I couldn't sleep. There was so much wisdom. Churches ought to take some time, just, just shut down everything else, and just go through the stories of Jesus. 
Believe me when I tell you, you'll be better, you'll be richer, you'll be healthier. So in this passage, we see the Lord Jesus telling us a story again. Many of you call it the prodigal son story. And basically he said in chapter 15, he told many stories, not just the prodigal. He was just talking about lost and found. He talks about a sheep that was lost. He talks about somebody who lost money. Then he talks about somebody who lost a son. See, the Bible is not complicated. I try to make it simple as I can. He's basically saying to you and me that the reason why Jesus came to this planet Earth to die for our sin is because we are lost. And ladies and gentlemen, please notice that it's a very bad thing to be lost. If you're like me, and you're not very good in navigating roads, thank God for GPS. Lord have mercy. I am grateful to God every day. For the invention of GPS. But I've got to confess to you, sometimes GPS don't get it right. Do I have a witness? So I know about what it means, the feeling of getting lost. The other day I was in a city called Hammond. I've been doing a lot of traveling lately. Sometimes some events, sometimes. Now everybody wants me to come share my wisdom. And bless God, I got to this city. I was lost. And it is very frustrating. Now it won't bother me if my wife is not there with me. She don't like people being lost. So she expects me to, to figure it out before I leave home. And whatever event he's going to, sometimes I take the attitude, they'll wait. So and, and I'm just confessing my sin. I will take my time. Thank God, in this church, for example, I've trained our staff. They know what to do. God forbid if I drop dead today, the show will go on. So I don't panic when I'm not there. And the deacons know what I do. See, being a pastor is more than just preaching. You, you train people. You set things up. You set up the structure. They know exactly when the church starts. They know what to do. They know who to collect offering, who to preach, who to pray. So this church is on autopilot. Sometimes I will come and sit at the back. So I don't worry too much about time because people are in place. They've been well trained. Uh, my wife don't get that memo. So if you're going somewhere and it's supposed to be eight, it's supposed to be nine or whatever, she expects us to be there before time. So, so I say, okay. 
So bless God, I was in Hammond, Louisiana, and we were late. So for me, it's just another day in the neighborhood. But I knew I'm in trouble with my good friend here. So, so I asked for direction. I asked somebody, I said, please, this is where we are going, and how do I get there? And I was giving instruction. Just, just go straight up, make a right, the next street, make a left, and go drive. And you'll be seeing the building in front of you. Well, I followed the instruction, but I was lost. So I went back and asked the same gentleman, and I was given the same instruction. So then I tried again and got lost. So I got in the flesh. I said, you're the dumbest person I ever met in my life. And then this young man said something that got my attention. The Holy Spirit gave me this sermon. The ladies are still looking. My wife, the gentleman said, look, I may be the dumbest, but, but you're the one who's lost. It's not a good feeling to know, especially when somebody tells you the truth. It's not fun to be lost. You feel confused. Sometimes you feel helpless because where you're going may be right next to you. But because you're lost. And the same thing is true in the spirit. You can be well-dressed, pretty-looking, but if you're lost, you're lost. In the spirit, to be lost means you are separated from God. And I will submit to you there are many people who are listening to me right now. Many people whose name are on the road. But really, they are lost. And I will submit to you, I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how many degrees behind your name. I don't care the size of your house. If you are lost, you're in bad shape. So my assignment is to come before you and me this morning and let you know God wants you back home. The story was told to point out how important it is for you to get back home. Jesus said there was a man. This man has two sons. And you all remember what happened. The youngest one came to the father and said, look, I'm tired of staying here at the house. You're all looking raggedy. You haven't changed the furniture in 20 years. Say, I want to get out of here. Just give me my own inheritance. It's the same 13-inch TV that we've been using since I was born. 
I got to be out. Give me my inheritance. And sure enough, the father gave him his portion. And the next thing we hear in the Bible is that the young man took off to a faraway country. Ladies and gentlemen, I can stop there and preach to you because in the spirit, the term far away means that you are too far from the covering of Almighty God. The job of a preacher is not just to narrate the story, but to point out the, the, the spiritual significance. And it's a dangerous thing. If you're a child of God, but you are too far from divine covering. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says he went to this faraway country. He spent all his money. The Bible call it riotous living. That ought to tell you a lot of the risk you are taking when you only serve God when you feel like it. The risk you are taking when you only pray when you are in trouble. There's a risk that you are taking when you send your children out of town and you don't cover them with the blood of Jesus. Riotous living. He came to the point that he spent everything he got. And then in verse 17, he said, after he didn't blow all his resources, the Bible says he came to himself. When the Bible says something like that, you need to understand if the word of God says he came to himself, that means he was not himself before. And I will submit to you many things that you are calling problem in your household. The problem with your husband is that he's not acting like himself. The problem with your wife is that she's not acting like himself. Or your child. So all of us, from the pulpit to the pews, we need to come to ourselves. Are you still here? How do you know when you come to yourself? Then you do like this young man. You say, I'm going back home. As long as you're still out there acting a fool, you're not yourself. Anybody that don't know how to get back home is a fool. Even a dog knows how to get back home. One of my members, uh, Brother Ward, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. He hang out with me a lot. He will come to my house. He just like to hang out. And bless God, he shared with me a story. Uh, he, was, he was telling me how he never hang around any church. And he told me about preachers, what they do, what they say, and how he felt these people, they're tripping. So he said, I let my children go. 
I let my wife go, but I don't go. And if you listen to him, you can see some of the wisdom of what he's talking about. Then he shared with me how he got up one day and told his wife, I want to go listen to that African. He's making sense. Well, you all know the rest of the story. And he ended up here, was a member here, and, and lived for the Lord before he died. But one of the stories that he shared with me was when he was growing up, how somebody came and took their, their puppy dog. And he said he wanted to fight back because that's his dog. But because of the racial tension back then, his father told him, no, don't see anything. Let him take the dog. And he was telling me how much he respect the father. I have boldness to speak about any issue and not worrying about what anybody say or think. That's what attracted him here. He said, a lot of preachers, they're scared. He said, but I was listening. I was watching you. And he said, it hurts him so bad that somebody can just come to the house and take his dog. And the parents said, no, leave it alone. Because it will cause more trouble. But the, 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 the best thing about that story is that he said, three weeks later, the dog find its way home. I'm trying to help somebody. So my point to you is this. If a dog have enough sense to find its way home, to go back home, now you see why I say you will be the biggest fool. If God, your father, your heavenly father is standing with arms open and you still cannot find your way home. I'm trying to help somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem with many of us is that we think we are all right. But the truth be told, all of us need God. Reverend, how you know that? The Bible says, without God, you can do absolutely nothing. We all need God. From the pulpit to the pew. I can stop here and close the book. My prayer for all of us today is that if you don't know Jesus, make up your mind. Go back home. He is waiting. He said in one scripture, Behold, I stand at the door of your, of your heart. I'm knocking. He said, I'm hanging out, waiting to come in. And I, I want to sub with you. I want to, I, I want to love on you. I want to be a blessing to you. God wants us back home. Brother Pastor, if I want to go home, how do I get home? 
the GPS of getting back home is called repentance. All of us have messed up. Every one of us has screwed up one way or the other. I don't care how mighty you think you are. We all need God. And all what we need to do today, you don't need to tell me I don't have no catechism. You don't need to come to my office and go into a confessional. Well, if you want to confess to me, you wait until I hear what, until you hear what I've done. Everybody is a candidate for repentance. Am I telling the truth this morning? So what is repentance? Another problem in our church is that we don't have an understanding of some of these things. Repentance, ladies and gentlemen, is not an emotional thing. Especially in our kind of church, you see people get all emotional. <laughs> that don't mean a thing. You can still die with your emotional self and go straight to hell. And many times, many preachers, the way they get people to, to become a part of Christian faith, they will walk on your emotion. Get you all wired up. Get you all screaming. That don't mean anything. It might make you feel good. But that doesn't mean you're coming back home. In fact, if your repentance is based on emotion, you need to be warned because emotions wear out. When you, when you drag people into emotionalism, whether through your singing, whether through your preaching, uh, it's just like romance. Eventually, they're going to be let down because they're not doing what the Bible calls for. Ladies and gentlemen, repentance is a decision. What did I call it? You're in your right mind. You know you. You know where you've been. You know where you are in relationship to God, and you make a cautious decision. No, this is not the way for me. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that we are too busy working on our emotion in churches, and there's very little repentance. And because there's no repentance, then our faith is shaky. The Bible says, repent and believe. You cannot believe God that you have not fessed up with. The Bible says, he who covereth his sins will not prosper. But anybody that will repent and forsake, those people will find mercy. I hate to tell you, I'm not talking about church membership. Ladies and gentlemen, we all need to get back home. 
The Bible is written in two languages. You know that. Primarily Greek and Hebrew. And when you look at what repentance is in those two languages, you look at Greek. It basically say changing your mind. Changing your thinking. You've been thinking one way before. And you say, no, not anymore. You'd be surprised there are people who are smoking reefer. Or maybe it's weeds. And you wake up one day and say, no, I'm through with this foolishness. And you make a conscious decision. And I've seen people, even in this church, that say, Pastor, this is the fifth year that I've been free of this. So you have the ability to change your thinking, to change your mind. It's a decision that only you can make. In Hebrew, the word repent means that you turn around. A hundred 80 degree turn. You've been going this way. And you say, no, I'm through with that. And you turn. Ladies and gentlemen, you, you have to have both aspects of the Greek and the Hebrew to really and genuinely experience our repentance. Many of you cannot even list five things. Or five areas in your life that you have truly repented from. Ladies and gentlemen, in this particular story, that young man said, I'm through with this. I will get up and I will go home. I know I've been messed up. I know I've burned the bridges. I know I've screwed up. But I'm through with this. I'm repenting. I'm tired of hanging out with bad people. I'm tired of doing the wrong thing. My mama raised me better than that. And I will humble myself. That's a decision. I will go back home. That's a turnaround. And I will tell my father, I know I don't deserve to be here. I know I blow it. I know I've embarrassed the whole family. I'm not even worthy to be your son. If you would just hire me as a servant, I'd be satisfied. I deserve what I get. Well, the Bible said the father was watching all the time. The father was waiting all the time. The father was expecting him all this time to the point that all the speech he prepared to make, he never get a chance to make it. Ladies and gentlemen, notice what the father said. The father said, look, shh, hush your mouth. Then he told the servant, go get me some shoes. Get me some rain. He said, Gets the best of the road. Let's kill a calf. 
Let's party. Let's celebrate this moment. And notice what you see there is a result of true repentance. If that young man did not get up and make a decision, it won't happen. If that young man did not turn around and say, I'm going back home, I don't care what anybody says, I don't care what anybody thinks, I will do the right thing. None of those blessings will come. And I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. I've not come to entertain you, but to give you raw gospel. That if you will have the courage, you know you. I may not know you. I know me. There are areas of my life I'm not too proud of. And I have to fess up. Nobody put chain in my hand. I just know in my knowing that true repentance, I'm not, I'm not talking about fake one, true repentance. Because you got to be careful that a fake repentance is called remorse. Just having a remorse does not mean you're repenting. Judas, in the book of Matthew 27, verse 3, he had remorse. He still go to hell. Ladies and gentlemen, remorse makes you feel bad, but there's no change. What is my message to you? God recognized his children wherever they are. And he will meet you wherever you are. If you would just make a decision and turn around towards God. Even when your children are far away, you and I, are, that's one thing I love about women. Every now and then my wife would just get up and say, let's go to El Segundo. I said, why are we going? Says something's not right with this child. How you know? She would tell him because I'm a mother. And my, I'm scratching my head. This don't make no sense. <laughs> but sure enough, out of obedience, if I would just get in the car and drive over there, when I get there, exactly what she said is what I would miss. And I would ask her, is the Holy Spirit telling you something? I, I'm a preacher. Because I, I didn't catch that one. No, he said, this is no Holy Spirit. This is what it, a mother knows. Every now and then I want to be a mother. So I just want to figure out what, what's going down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, God knows what's going on with his children. It don't matter where you are located. He knows. Even when you're in, in the mud, because this young man was in a big mess. Even when you are lost out there, notice how he welcomed that child. Even though he's smiling, mud, 
hungry. It's not been eaten for days. But the father reached out and, and hugged him. Even when he was not dressed like a true son, he still loves him. Even though he said he wants to be a servant, but he had to remind him, no, you're not a servant. You are born a son. And he treated him like a son. That's the love of God for any one of us. If we will make a decision to go back home. Salvation is the most important thing in your life. Going back home to the father, being under the father's covering is the most important decision you ever made. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what mess you are in. Come back home. Father saw him coming. The Bible says, father actually ran. Just, just get the picture in your head. You've done all kinds of crazy things. But the love of the father is so strong that he will leave his own position and run to meet you. His hair is all messed up. Haven't been to the barber. Every now and then I get in trouble like that. But sometimes I get so busy. Cutting my hair and all the makeup, that's the last thing on my mind. Because I'm constantly reading. I want to be a preacher when I open my mouth. It will change people's life. But my deacons, God bless them. They will, you know, they are men like me, they will call me. They say, Negro, you need to be at the barber shop. I say, of all the problems of this world, cutting your hair. <laughs> they say, no, you represent all of us. And sure enough, I'll be honest with you. If you come close to me, you'll be shocked. Things that I don't think about. I, it just is not in my it's not in my head, it's not in my thinking. But thank God for the support system. Amen. You better thank God for your deacons every day. I, no, seriously. Because it's just amazing. I was coming from somewhere yesterday and I saw all the the mold and all that has been clean. I was so proud to be a member of this church. It's the little things that matters. Tears came out of my heart. Just watching the people of God, just taking their place, and everybody doing what you're called to do. That's how simple the kingdom of God is. You take your side of the blanket, and you do the work of God with perfection and excellence. Ladies and gentlemen, this young man show up. He haven't shaved in weeks. Haven't cut his hair. He's been hanging out with pigs and swine. Yet the father say, I love you. 
I don't know who I'm talking to today. I don't know where you've been. You may think you've done so wrong. You don't deserve. But God still loves you. God is waiting for you. He's waiting to love on you. Because we serve a compassionate God. Please permit me to say this before I close. Notice that his brother got upset because they're celebrating a brother that was lost and not back home. The reason why I mentioned this, I could have stopped, but there are so many of us here like that brother. You're in the house, all right, but your attitude ain't right. You know why he was upset? It's a spirit of jealousy. You'll be amazed. Somehow you cannot even be happy when God is blessing somebody else. I was, I was listening to Sister William the other day. She has a daughter. I remember that young girl. When, as a little bitty kid here, she'd be dancing, you know. And now she's a professional dancer. Are you listening to me? Professional. She just graduated a few days ago with a cum laude. You all know what I'm talking about? See, some of us, uh, I don't have cum laude. But, thank you, Lord, you all right? Praise the Lord. I take what I can take. But it makes my heart rejoice that a young lady from this house just dancing, little bitty girl just praising the Lord. And now she's doing great things. Same yesterday, I was having a video call with another young girl, uh, the doctor young lady, uh, Pastor Hall's daughter. This is what makes me happy. This is what church is all about. We can hoop and hollow and, and jump all day. But you want to see people revaluing themselves. Living their dreams. Doing better than the way you find them. It makes you rejoice. You thank God. You say hallelujah for these young people. Young men. Young women. Doing great things for the Lord. But this brother at the house, he was unhappy. Is your heart right? Can you be happy for somebody else? If you're a preacher, can you be happy if somebody comes to town and preach better than you? Notice this brother. He refused to come to the party. You know why? Because some people don't like to see you blessed. As long as there's something they call crawfish mentality. As long as everybody is down in the bucket, they are happy for you. But the day they know you're no longer single, oh Lord, what happened? And then they notice, not only are you not married, God bless you with a good man. 
Oh, then now their blood pressure go up. But I will say to you, you need to tell your neighbor, whoever is sitting with you, say, it's my party. You're welcome to come. But if you don't show up, this party goes. <laughs> oh, glory. I have learned to enjoy myself. When God opened the door, I'm going in with or without you. I wish you could you are invited to the party. Let me say this, and we'll take the communion. If you are here and you don't know Jesus, you are the one that God sent me to. God wants you back home. And don't assume just because you're a member of the church that makes you saved. Not so, son. You have to make a conscious decision. You have to have a turnaround in your life and come to Jesus. In a few minutes, I want to open the door of the church just for you. Let me tell you what, what I love about that young man. I love the, the young man because he made the decision to go back home. The pastor didn't make that decision for him. Personal decision. Another thing that I, I love about him, he don't do like many Americans would do. Well, I'll do it later on. He left home young. But he came home young. Many of you, you wait until you've given the best of your years to the devil. I hear somebody saying, come to Jesus while you have time. Ladies and gentlemen, one thing I also love about this young man, notice he did not blame anybody. Many people here, instead of just accepting the Lord, you want to blame the preacher. What do I have to do with you smoking weeds? Did I stuck it in your mouth or something? Many of you want to blame the white people or blame the Mexican or blame the blacks. What does that have to do with you being a grown man? Make a cautious decision. That the way I'm going, this doesn't bring glory to God. That young man did not blame anybody. And let me say this for the benefit of everybody else. When people make a decision to come home, please shut up and don't bring up their past. I'm trying to help somebody. I know my language may not be too colorful, too, too, too Christian today. You are too busy talking about people. God, their Heavenly Father, love them as they are. If the truth be told, don't be fooled by this three-piece suit I'm wearing. 
this, I'm not, I tell people, will you still love me if you know my whole story? As long as I look clean like they are shaving, you say, oh man, that's my pastor. But can you stand it? If you get the whole picture. Not everybody can be clean on their own. It takes the grace of God for every one of us to stand. Do I have a witness in the house? I'm going to ask every one of you to stand. And if you're here, say, Lord, I'm coming home. I've wasted too many precious years. Lord, I want you to take me. Please, I'm begging you. Do it while the blood is running in your vein. Tomorrow may be too late. Don't worry about who's looking. Don't worry about what they say. What matters is what God said about you. Is anybody come to Jesus? The Lord is waiting patiently. In times like this, we all need a Savior. In times like this, we need an anchor, something that will hold, something that will last, much deeper than just religion. If this message is for you, find your way to the front. I want to pray with you. Maybe you believe in God for your children to come believe in God for your loved ones to come to the Father. Somebody else is coming. God is a loving God. If you have to reach way down, He will pick you up. And I am a living witness. He picked me up in my messed up. Somebody else is coming. Hallelujah. If you hear the mind, Lord. Come. I wasn't always right. I wasn't always holy. But to hallelujah and thank you, Jesus, every now and then some curse word comes out of my mouth. I know I ain't right. But thank God for grace and mercy. He looked beyond my fault. And so many, he's here, somebody else. Hallelujah. Make up your mind.
anybody else before we pray. Hallelujah. I believe with all my heart in this year, 2022, there are many brothers and sisters that are coming back home. And all I ask you to do is love on them. You're not a secret police to be researching where they've been. Don't call me and say, Rev, that boy used to be on drugs. No, 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 no. He's blood washed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the only reason why I'm able to stand before you is because I'm blood washed. I tell people all the time, you see the glory, but you really don't know my story. God is still in the business of saving black men. God is still in the business of restoring young black women, white women, white men, all kinds of people. God loves them all. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Nobody pushed them. Nobody make them. I had no trickery other than to show people that there is a God who loves us so much he died for our sins and he's waiting to receive us back home. Lord, I thank you for people who have come. Some people are standing for their own children. Some people are believing God for miracle with their grandchildren. Some people are believing God for their spouse. Some people are believing God for themselves. Father, I thank you that people are making a decision and believing God for a turnaround. Lord, I pray that you will accept their offer. I pray that you will accept them as they are. Lord, I pray that you will touch every life. I know if you can change me, you can change anybody. Have your way in this church house. Let this be a holy nation. Let this be a holy sanctuary. Let this be a place, a hospital where everybody can come. Oh, that man is making so much noise. Oh, that one don't dress dry. Oh, that one smelling alcohol. Cut off all that mess. Why should God send people to you if you will not receive them? Father, give us a spirit of change. Change of attitude. Help us to be a church that loves people. Let this church be a place where everybody is welcome. Lord, I thank you for the healing that is taking place right now. For everyone before this altar, Lord, you know our heart. You know why we are standing. Even me, Lord. Whatever is missing, Lord, I pray that you will make it right. 
that miracle will take place. That healing will take place. That deliverance will come to pass. I pray God will grant you the desires of your heart. There's a reason why you're standing. The Holy Spirit knows your heart. And he said, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe, and he will do it for you. I thank you that all of our needs are met. I thank you, oh God, that our prayers are answered. Our struggling days are over. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. amen. Come on, give the Lord God a clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going to receive the Holy Communion. And after that, we'll be ready to go home. I'm going to instruct our ushers to have some giving bucket by the door and hold those bucket as people leave. Give for the purpose that we explained to you and give as the Lord leads you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, choir.
Remember the blood that he shed for the remission of our sins that we may have health, wealth, good life, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, and nothing lacking in our lives. So today, we honor him with the communion. He says, often as you remember him, Take it and eat the, and to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So at this time, you may eat. Now you may drink. 
Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this Holy Communion. Father, as we have partaken of it, Lord, bless us. Keep us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we say today, we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes our service, and you are now dismissed. Father, we thank you. We bless you, Lord God. Father, as we leave this place, we do not leave from your presence. Oh God, order our steps in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.